0: Hey everyone. Welcome to Indie Film Grit, a podcast about indie films and indie filmmakers. I am your host, Timothy Patrick, but you you can call me Tim. In this episode, we're going to talk about composing music for indie films. And joining us today is Dom Aiken, a talented composer. Musician and winner of three global music awards, Dom has a ton of experience scoring indie films, and he shares some very insightful stories. Let's get into it. And here we are with Dom Aiken. Dom, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. Good. Thanks for having me out. Thanks for being on the podcast. So, Dom. You are a composer for film. Yes.
1: I like to say composer first. Composer. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually, uh, my my big passion is like classical music. Awesome. And orc- like orchestra music. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's interesting, like as I was, you know, finding my way in it, I was like always drawn to film and film's been a big part of what I do. And I really like the idea of how many people you can reach through film. Yeah. Uh, but as I've grown, I found that... Um, you know, classical music or it's more contemporary classical, but orchestra music, I, I find a freedom in that, uh, film is a totally different beast. You know, you got a lot of different hats you have to wear. And one thing that's always fascinated me about music is, you know, growing up, I was, you know, stuck to the radio and headphones on Mm -hmm. or whatever. And, uh, it it is the time machine that exists with songs. You know, when, when you listen to a song, you know, you're like, you can pull back that emotion you know, from like an experience, a time, a friendship, or whatever, a love. And, mm-hmm. and it's it's so powerful. And it's like, it was like it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. And we're talking something that was 10, 20 years ago, or whatever. Totally. Or something that, which is even greater to me, is when you hear a song that you totally forgot about. And then you listen to it and you're like, oh my gosh. And then these memories fly back. It's amazing.
0: It's, so, it's definitely one of the most powerful senses.
1: Yeah. I I did hear a a guy recently that described it and he was just saying like, you know, he was talking about film music and music in general, but music is raw emotion. Mm -hmm. And it really is because, you know, when I'm sitting down to write, you know, and when I'm looking at the film, I'm, I'm figuring out what is going on here and what do I want people to feel? And I I think one thing that people really, they know it, but they don't recall you know, remember it Mm -hmm. is that is how auditory we are as human beings. Oh yeah. You know when you think about animals and 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 them out in the wilderness and, mm-hmm. and how their ears are pert and they they really like are checking sounds. You guys, you know, cool animals, bats that can bounce off things. With oh the sound. sure, it's amazing. So, normal, but normal. ultimately, it's like, and, and I think for me, and, and growing up in my experience was very much you know in headphones and I was like eyes were closed and I was just living in that. Yeah. And so I, I do think that my music does portray that because people always come to me and they're like, dude. I saw that. Like, and then there's no film. You know, this is just something I wrote that was a concert piece. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I saw this whole thing in my head. And I'm like, that's the yeah. experience.
0: And that's the type of uh, composer filmmakers want to work with because if we're talking on an emotional level, we can communicate. Right. You know?
1: And it's not necessary to know the jargon. Um, not necessarily for you, but like, uh, I think a lot of directors that I've come across and, and panels and stuff like that. You know, there, a lot of them are, are kind of scared of composers mm-hmm. and it's like, I don't know. Like our job is to communicate. Right. And ultimately we're human beings. So it's like we, as long as we can communicate in anything, let's, let's do it. Doesn't, you don't have to know my side and I don't know your side. Yeah. You know, we're familiar enough to, to, to function, you know, obviously to work, but um, well, it, it's it, that dialogue or that connection that you develop that yeah. ultimately makes those great teams.
0: When you are uh, like, let's say hopping on a, a new film project to uh, compose the score. Um, what is that process like, and and how much, in your experience, does the uh, director usually have input?
1: Well, that definitely varies, like per project and based off of the director and how you know hands on they are or how in, in you know in specific they are about what they want or what they're getting. Um, I have one director that I'm working with now doesn't tell me a thing literally drops it in my lap and says, all right, man, you got a week or whatever. And that's
0: cool too. Right. And you know
1: what? Like at first I hated it because yeah. I was like, are you kidding me? like, I can't guess, like, you want me to guess what you want here? You know, like it, it was frustrating. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we've been working on a project probably now six months. We've got it dialed in and, and he loves it. He doesn't have to deal with me. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I don't have to deal with him, yeah. you know, to a point like, I mean, he's a wonderful human being. <laughs> that's sure. not, that's not how I, you know, I meant it, but it's like, we, we, well, if you we surprise were, him
0: and it, it works, oh,
1: I floor him, man. Yeah. Like, he hears he's he always comes back. i i I get so much, you know, positive feedback on it. And he's like, I love it. He's like, he nailed it. It was perfect. And uh, it took me a little while. And it took me uh, at first, you know, they, they call it like spotting sessions. And usually in a spotting session, you sit down with the director and you go through. Watch the film, you say, Here, I want to do this, there, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, in the various projects that I've worked on, it always hasn't been a practical um, situation to sit down. And even a phone call could sometimes be helpful. You could Skype if you wanted to, depending on the situation. But, um, and, and specifically, I'll give the last two projects that I'm working on right now. And uh, the one guy just drops it in my lap. We have worked it, I've worked out where I understand what he wants. And in the film, I deliver. You know, like I, I'm watching the film, and I, and and I hate to say I'm guessing, but I'm like, well, it looks like he's trying to do these things. And intuitive. So, yeah, so I'm like, you know, you, all your information is on the screen, so I'm like, I, I really sit down, and it takes me a couple of days of sitting there and going, okay, what are we doing? You know, or what am I doing? And so, and then I give it to him, and he's like, you nailed it. It was perfect. I love it. It's great. Mm-hmm. This other director um, that I'm working with, he, uh, it was pretty funny because. We chit chatted a little bit, and I think we were talking about sitting down for a spotting session. And I don't know why it didn't quite work out, but he ended up having this night where he was just like on a on a tear of um, with his computer. <laughs> you know typing up his notes for me oh. and he like hit the zone and, yeah. and he gave me like three pages of notes you know mm-hmm. it's, it's a short film I think it's like 15 minutes <laughs> and it was so detailed he's like here I want this here I want this here I want this I want this mood this vibe and he kept saying I don't want to like this I might want to like you know don't do the you know and I was like I looked at it, I was like we're we looking at the same film you know yeah <laughs> there's a lot of notes But you know what, as I dug into it, I was like, I know exactly what you want, Mm. you know, and I don't, we didn't have to sit down. Um, I'm not saying that was a negative thing, uh, but I I have this reference, you know, notes just sitting right there on my desktop that I pull up and each scene I'm getting to, he's got details about the characters that Mm -hmm. aren't exactly obvious in the film, you know, because obviously he developed them or whatever, but... It has to be an ego check because I'm like, that's right. You're telling me what to do, when to do it, how to right. do it. And yep. I was like, I'm an artist, man. I got to right. And uh, and I think there's always a, an instant that you start to feel like, who is this
0: person? Yeah. You know, and then
1: I'm like, wait, they just basically gave me the roadmap. Exactly. And I was like, this is fantastic.
0: You can get it done in no time. No guesswork, no nothing. Yeah. Well, because I've done
1: some projects where it was guesswork, mm-hmm. literally. Yeah. And I would ask questions and they're like, what? And, and I would communicate with them and uh, I, we weren't meeting on these particular projects. And I I remember like, you know, literally I'm just like throwing stuff on there to see if it works. And, and that's a lot of what we do as well. Cause sure. there there's a, a frustrating point as a composer. Cause I think sometimes a director, it's like, they know what they want, but they don't. They know what they don't want. Mm-hmm. If, you know, they're not sure what they want.
0: They need to see and, what you try first, and then say that's not quite it,
1: right? And which is understandable to a point, but there's also a lot of time wasted. And mm-hmm. so, you know, there's a good, um, you know, a lot of the the Hans Zimmer guys. You know, mm-hmm. they'll do like six different, you know, one scene six different ways. Wow. And show them, you know, because we have these great softwares where I can export you, a, you know, a movie file mm-hmm. with whatever the heck I want to put on it, you know, like that. Mm-hmm. So I can send you six of of one scene and then you you as a director can view it and decide, hmm, is that what I like? Actually, I really like that one.
0: When it comes to budget, how much does the the size of the budget impact the quality of the score?
1: That is a trick question.
0: Isn't it? Yeah. Cause you could do the most amazing score for free.
1: And with nothing. I, that's what I think. Um, I th- actually think that it's probably more hindering having like a big budget project. Um, I, You know, I do a lot of indie films. That's mm-hmm. that's my thing. And I just, that's why you're here on the that's Indie Film I'm here. Great Yeah. Podcast. And, uh, and, and it is actually interesting because there was this article I just read that I really wanted to bring up on this because it was, you know, it was a, a Danny Elfman article that mm-hmm. I thought was very relevant, relevant to this, especially this question. And, uh and it, as I've grown, uh, I've actually enjoyed more the indie, you know, market or the the creativity. Like uh, you know, I I fall into that category of a real artist, if mm-hmm. you will. But ultimately, it's the creativity because I'm looking at and listening to what is required of the project because you can't bring you know uh, uh, that artistic vision always to a project if you will Mm -hmm. like it's like hey man this is what it is the interesting thing is because i was definitely i was classically trained in denver but i realized at that point as well i was like man i sound like a classical composer i ain't gonna get work doing that
0: this
1: (laughs) this is garbage you know it's already been done and those guys did it so well there's no way i'm gonna cop that so i was like i definitely need to get a contemporary you know kick and so i went to cal arts then i went way the other way and it was like so contemporary It's there's a lot of that music that's very unlistenable, mm. I think, you know, that's an experimental and it, it serves sure. a purpose and not all of it. I'm not,
0: you know, you push your limits, you, you know, where you fall.
1: Yeah. So, but, so it's nice that I, I had this nice classical background. I got this great, you know, experimental side. I got to dive into electronics and and stuff like that. So now I'm um, like, I just finished my my third album, which is doing well, by the way. I got three awards at the Global Music Awards. I'm pretty excited for that. That just happened, too, you that were saying. That just happened. Just yeah, happened. On Friday, I found it's out. amazing. So. And you got three of them? Three, yeah.
0: Three awards. And, uh, what, what were those for?
1: I got, Um, they, they do like a metal system, you know, like gold, silver, bronze. But oh, I got it's all silver medals in composer and composition, uh, album, and creativity and originality. Hmm. So pretty excited for that. I think as a composer, you kind of want to do well in that.
0: Oh yeah. Composer, right. That's, that's awesome. That's man. The, Congratulations.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty excited. So, uh, next I'm working towards uh, the Grammys and applying for that, so we'll see how that goes.
0: Is that your car? No. No. And it sounds like CalArts was worth it.
1: Yeah, and it's 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 you know, it was absolutely worth it. Um, but I I a big part of me going there was like I wanted to be a product of what they were doing if you will. And that's why, that's why I didn't like USC. And uh, don't get me wrong. I, I think it's a fantastic program. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would love to, you know, go there and get what they are offering. But what CalArts offered was exactly what I wanted. And I think I saw a video from the the dean of it. And he was saying, people come here because they want what we're doing. Right, And I saw that after I graduated. <laughs> and I was like, he's right, you know, because I was like, of all the programs I've looked at, that is what I want. I that's want awesome. to be this, I want to go in that direction. So I think when you're shopping for a program, it's like, man, just dig into them. You know, I've had a lot of friends, you know, they were artists and animators and they followed, you know, it's, it's big in Southern California because the, the the teachers, you know, will teach at multiple schools. And then these kids or young adults will, will travel you know, like, oh, now I'm going down to Long Beach because this guy is there and I want to learn from that guy and I can take one class at that community college. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, th- there's a, a situation where it's like, well, th- th- it's not an inferior product because there's a specific teacher. Oh, sure, yeah. So it's like, part, a lot of it has to do with like, seek out the teachers that you wish to learn from. Um, I just happened to like that program and what they were doing and what I where I wanted to go. And it, I feel like it was the best vehicle to get me there.
0: Do you have uh, like your top film composers that uh, are just your heroes?
1: Man, Christoph Beck.
0: Christoph Beck, tell me about him.
1: Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, Actually, it was interesting because probably one of the scores that no one's heard of and nobody cares about was absolutely my favorite one. Do you remember the film Electra with Jennifer Garner?
0: Vaguely, I don't even know if I saw it. I Remember what everybody says? Yeah, Yeah.
1: And it it didn't do well, but to me, it's a fantastic film and um i I would be guilty to say that you know a a chick you know in outfits like that is definitely going to draw my attention especially as a young you know 18 year old at the (laughs) time when it came out but what really um blew me away was he worked with a dj on that Mm. and so he's a a very accomplished uh you know orchestral writer actually he's a usc guy and uh so he he did his orchestral stuff and he had a dj and then he had the dj kind of sample his original pieces of or that. Very and then cool. they kind of blended it and it had this really unique sound. It's a little bit more common now, but I think it was the, actually the film was in 2005, if I recall. Um, but man, so he really had blended electronics and orchestra in a way that I just thought was unbelievable and fantastic. Right. And those so, are
0: your two areas. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and he, and that was actually right when I was studying at Cal arts, but he's definitely a favorite, you know, for sure. How does
0: the indie filmmaker find a composer? That's willing to work with his limited budget. There's so budget. many
1: composers looking for you guys. Really?
0: <laughs> They're, you know, we're
1: trolling all the film festivals. You know, <laughs> we're like, hey, hey, you're a filmmaker? You're a filmmaker? You, filmmaker? you know, <laughs> Yeah. But, you know, the guys are, you know, the guys that, I know a lot of guys that are like, you know, trying. They're like, man, where where do I find all of you? And it's like, you know, there's forums. There's, you know, um, all the different groups, you know, Facebook groups and, you know, Twitters and You know, all that kind of stuff. It's like they're, you know, everyone's out there Mm -hmm. and like it would be cool if there was a bit more of a a connecting, you know, and there's a lot of events here in Los Angeles. You know, once you get here and you get a part of, you know, you know, the the groups that you're in, you know, your writers guild and my composers Mm -hmm. union, all that kind of stuff. They set up events and they set up, you know, mingling, you know, social things like, hey, you guys need to talk, you know, (laughs) so they exist. And like, and, uh, you know, even I think you and I had met at one that was, Mm -hmm. you know, an industry mixer. And that's where I go because I want to meet other people. But uh, everyone is trying to find those opportunities to meet other people and and to grow with them. And you need each other.
0: I was thinking about this. Uh, Scores for films have existed longer than dialogue right during the silent film era yeah silent film era you go watch the film and there would be a live orchestra or a a guy on a piano yeah playing along to the pictures on the screen yeah long before there were mics and a little talkies, bit of a jam band right
1: type score but yes
0: totally well there were they, they issued music uh i know this cuz my dad has some of the old ones and okay. they would send them out so you know the same guy would be playing the same Tune that they were in the next town, but okay, uh, gotcha.
1: I didn't know that they actually coordinated a little bit.
0: That's yeah, yeah. They would send the film out, silent film era, and they'd send the music out. And there were certain guys, yeah, literally before people were talking in movies, yeah, movies were scored,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah, there was this great, um, like it was a competition, composer competition they were doing. It was uh, was a TMC or. Turner classic TTCM Turner classic films or yeah, Turner, Turner movies. classic movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they were basically taking the old, you know, silent films and then basically throwing it out to, to young composers to say, rescore it. Whoa. And then they would pick one and they would actually hire an orchestra and they would get it a brand new face. Oh, brilliant. Cause wow. there's some of those films are fantastic. I'm a huge, I am mean, a huge film fan. Uh, actually, Alfred Hitchcock is one of my favorite filmmakers. Bernard Herman did a lot of his work. One of mm. my favorite composers, uh, Bernard Herrmann did a lot of Twilight Zone, the mm. whole Black and Whites. And there's just something about the filmmaking from that era that is just unbelievable.
0: I know what I wanted to ask. The younger guy out there, the kid out there that is thinking he wants to compose music for films. What, what bit of advice can you give him? Experience.
1: Uh, one, there's so many um, education programs that offer that. Don't buy in. Um, and actually, I think I was I was going for this earlier. Um, they're phony. I don't want to say that they're phony, but they're mm-hmm. cranking out a lot of people with these degrees, and they're not really bringing to the table, you know, a full deck of cards. Mm-hmm. We'll say technology. You know, everyone can say is the great equalizer. Anybody can get their hands on it, but do you know how to use it? And it's not even like did you learn the software? And that's why I invested in my education and composition you know, my degrees in music composition. And I spent my time studying classically, studying the contemporary, you know, works of the 20th century, because I wanted to modernize. And I was like, I will learn the technology. And I spent the last X number, I spent many years diving into technology after I focused on my core skill set, and as being a composer.
0: So Um, put in the work,
1: put in the work. And it's, and and there's plenty of guys that have you know they they couldn't afford to go to a program or they didn't want to. I think there was a you know a guy that you know came from London and and jumped on Hans Zimmer's boat and and worked for him for you know I think 20 years and then he's finally just the last couple of years taken off on his own and he's he's fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know you can learn from people who are doing it. You know find a mentor. Um, absolutely read up on stuff. You have to. Um, I'm encouraging that you do a program but it, just getting a film score hey man i studied film score at wherever yeah you know like you know you're you're gonna find the competition stiff because you're up against guys that are like you know been doing this since whatever age so ultimately you know if you're a young person starting to film or want to get towards that start writing you know for your local ensembles find people to write for start work on recording be able to produce recordings yourself there's this whole thing and you have the technology and but focus on the skill set not the technology the technology will come it will change it will grow it'll do all stuff but ultimately it's, it's your you know your skill set and whatever that is it, it doesn't necessarily have to be I, I studied for an orchestra you know it's like maybe you you love being bands you know there's a lot of opportunities to do film and being you know what is it like uh all the extreme sports you know they want cool rock music or whatever um real upbeat kind of stuff it's like Can't do that. Like I could, I could try and fake it, but I know better. I'm going to send along my guy that I know that can do it. So whatever it is, develop your sound, you know, study that, you know, find people that do stuff that you enjoy and learn from that. But also there, I think there's a balance of education. It's not saying if, Hey man, if you get the education, you're going to get it. Cause there's a lot of, of schools that don't exactly, you know, they don't deliver jobs. You know, and then even going to you know you know wonderful programs, it doesn't guarantee you anything. You've got to build, you know, you got to build a business, and that's a lot of work. And so you know, think twice. I, th- I think Hans Zimmer has said fairly recently. He goes, "If I had kids, I and they wanted to do film scoring, I would tell them not to." And I thought he was being a jerk. Wow, but I've been working at this for. 20 years. And I'm like, I, you know what you wish the best for your children and you don't want them to be suffering like you have. So I could understand that. And honestly, like for me, I'm like, there is no other way. Like if I did anything else, I would be miserable. I'm happy doing this because that's who I am and what I do. It's just doing and so if you're that person, you'll figure it out. And it, there's no program that will give it to you. There's no mentor that'll give it to you. It's like you just getting off your butt and just start grinding away.
0: How can people reach you on the internet?s uh, the Are internets. you on Twitter? Uh,
1: uh, I am on Twitter uh, at Dom Aiken. Um, I have my my website, uh dot com.
0: Well, Dom, thanks, man. Yeah, I thanks it. for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Uh,
1: Best of luck uh, to you to all your listeners. Yeah, hopefully, I meet some of them.
0: Dom Aiken music. Yep. Dot .com. com. Well, that's that. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Indie Film Grit Podcast, and I hope you're enjoying all of our episodes. Feel free to check out our website for all the show notes, IndieFilmGrit.com, and follow us on Twitter, at IndieFilmGrit. And if you have a moment, subscribe to us on iTunes. Before I go, I really gotta ask you something. Do you have the courage, the passion, and the perseverance to make indie films? Do you have enough indie film grit?